Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hello, hello, my friends. What another beautiful week we have upon us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Breast Cancer Conversations. Today, I am joined with another amazing panel. Gosh, you guys, I feel like we are just crushing it with resources and education and information week after week. I am joined today with Abigail Johnston, who will be moderating today's discussion. Abigail leads our Every Other Sunday NBC webinar series. You can find out more about our NBC webinar series and all of the events and programs that we offer by going to survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events. On today's podcast, we are also joined with Stephanie Washburn from Living Beyond Breast Cancer, Natalia Padrone, who is a volunteer for the Living Beyond Breast Cancer Helpline, as well as Victoria Goldberg, who leads a variety of programs and services through Share Cancer Support. Ladies, I am so privileged and honored to have all of you guys here on Breast Cancer Conversations. We have so much content to get through. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the conversation. This is our every other Sunday, although we've been doing it in a couple of Sundays in a row here, uh, where we get together and talk about those things that are very uh, pertinent to those of us in the NBC community. And then as Time has gone on. We've celebrated a whole year of doing these uh, this month. Realize that there are things that uh, really do resonate with the entire breast cancer community. So we're we're including uh, additional resources. And today I'm super excited to talk to a panel of amazing women representing a variety of amazing organizations that provide different types of peer support. And it's interesting. I I have this uh, ongoing uh, back and forth with my cancer center about whether there's value in in peer-to-peer support for patients. And I know that doctors can get a little concerned that the information that's shared peer-to-peer is not always um, what they might say. But I have found in my own experience with breast cancer that peer-to-peer support is invaluable. There's only so much that a professional can say, but when someone is living in the trenches with you, they just look at things a little bit differently. And so today I am honored to have um, brought together a variety of people to talk about the different things that they offer through a variety of organizations. And we hope that you will enjoy hearing from each of them. Thank you for this invitation. It is such an honor to be here with all of you today. And I've been really looking forward to this. I'm Stephanie Washburn. I'm the Manager of Health Provider Outreach at Living Beyond Breast Cancer, or LBBC. Um, So in my role, I do work with a lot of our healthcare provider experts and supporters across the country, but I also have the real pleasure and privilege of working on some of our um, direct service programs, including our Breast Cancer Helpline, which I know we'll be talking a little bit about later. So that's what brings me here today. Uh, really excited about that. And um, just briefly on my background, before I came to LBBC, I was an oncology social worker for many years. And I've also worked at um, another uh, cancer health organization where I was able to do um, similar work, working with peer support and some other programs for people experiencing uh, breast cancer. So again, thank you for having me today. 
Wonderful. Thank you, Stephanie. And the uh, helpline volunteer that's with us today is Natalia Padron. Thank you, Abigail. Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Natalia Padron. I am from Kissimmee, Florida, and I'm a metastatic breast cancer patient since 2015. I'm also part of the volunteer helpline that LBDC offers to another metastatic patients and early stage breast cancer patients. I'm very grateful to be here today and I'm seeing beautiful faces. And you have a special interest and outreach to those uh, Latinas that are living in the U.S. as well. Victoria is here today to talk about the helpline she founded at SHARE. Would you like to introduce yourself, Victoria? Of course, and I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, and I'm I'm always happy to talk about SHARE. So today I represent the metastatic program at SHARE, SHARE Cancer Support. We, uh, as uh, Abigail mentioned, we launched a dedicated metastatic breast cancer helpline, I guess about five years ago. And um, I, uh, I ran it for, uh, I guess, about all this time until a month ago where I, stopped, I stepped down. And now I'm just volunteering, happily volunteering. And not surprising to me. The program is running quite well without me. I also run some uh, support groups at SHARE. And also, probably a lot of you know that uh, I'm a senior producer of a uh, podcast that was uh, created by people living with MBC, for people living with MBC. And it's called Our MBC Life. And of course, you realize that I'm I'm a metastatic patient myself. I've been living with the disease for almost eight years now, and I'm doing well. So glad that you're doing well. I wanted to move in and talk specifically about the various programs and what makes each program uh, unique. You heard a little bit about um, an overview of the different programs, and so I'm just going to come back to Stephanie Washburn with LBBC to talk about the the helpline, what makes that program unique? And I, Natalia mentioned that it services both early stage and metastatic patients. So, um, how does that work? Yeah, thank you so much for um, for that great question. So, just very very briefly, if I might, just to give a tiny bit of context, I just wanted to mention about living beyond breast cancer. So, we're a um, nationwide breast cancer related organization. We're based outside of which is where I live. I live in Philly and we do serve people across the country. Uh, and we've been doing that for 30 years. This is an anniversary year for us because it's the 30th year of LBBC and the 25th of our breast cancer helpline. So a salute to those of you who volunteer for us in, in various capacities to, to really allow that all to happen for so many years. Our mission is to uh, provide trusted information and a community of support to people affected by breast cancer of any stage and at any point um, in their experience. And, you know, our vision with that is to do all we can to help ensure that people who have breast cancer or the people that love them um, do not feel alone um, and feel like they have that sense of community and can share stories and hear other stories. So that's really what we're about. So the Breast Cancer Helpline has been an important part of that, again, for 25 of 30 years and more. The first thing that comes to mind when you ask about what makes the helpline unique is our volunteers. 
Volunteers are honestly the life and blood of the organization. They bring so much compassion and really make the wheels go around. So yes, thank you to all of those volunteers. I believe Abigail was also mentioning that your helpline actually helps and supports those with early stage breast cancer as well as late stage advanced metastatic disease, correct? Yes, we have uh, about 75 trained volunteers around the country right now. About a quarter of those volunteers are living with MBC. And so that does enable us to serve callers across different experiences. I would say about 20% of the calls and requests we get for the helpline, for peer support, and for other programs are from people who are living with MBC. Well, my first contact with LBBC was uh, in the class of 2017, the Hear My Voice class of 2017. Uh, That was my first conference as well. And then um, I graduated in the alumni group in 2018 with another of my, some of my friends. And after that experience, I decided that I want to be part of something else, doing, being more active with LBBC and I decided to join the helpline because I have always seen that there is a minority of patients like me at my beginning probably, uh, Hispanic patients who don't have <laughs> who don't have enough support, maybe because I'm sorry but they are knocking at the door <laughs> and feeding my friends daughter. So I decided that I could help them to navigate through the disease. Um, sometimes I have seen early stage patients because, um, as I said, maybe the only way they have to understand what they are going through at the beginning is speaking to someone who was already there and who can communicate with them in their own language. And that's me. And uh, sometimes, uh, most of the times, is metastatic breast cancer patients who are here, living or lately, I have talked to a few of them that have been here just because of COVID and they had to stay here because of the pandemic and um being here at the same time, they were diagnosed with the disease and they are totally lost. They weren't expecting that. They don't know what to do. So it had been a really nice experience, a very sad one also because I have seen how poorly informed people is about living with metastatic breast cancer. The, the Hispanic community, they, they don't have any idea of what is happening, not even the basics, knowing the treatments that they go through, not, um, not even knowing anything about their disease, their type, their subtype, uh, anything at all. They are scared. Uh, they feel that they cannot communicate effectively with their um, doctors. They uh, they accept whatever the doctors throw at them. And if you get to ask them, listen, do you know what's your treatment? You know what type of cancer you have? They are totally lost. So it's very unique of this program 
that's a thing that I really love that uh, besides me being Hispanic and being able to communicate with them in Spanish, I have also had the chance to speak to a few of them um, in English. And these people have my own type of uh, type of subtype of breast cancer, or they are a single mom like me, or they find themselves going through financial hardship as me. So what I like about this is they, they peer you, they peer match you with the patient. So the patient knows that you know what they're talking about and they know that you know how you can help them to navigate through the journey. So um, I try to give them some advice or what they can expect or how to speak to the doctors. And as well, I give them some uh, resources from LBBC to go to. It has been beautiful because we have been able to even help some people with some grants that LBBC have in moments of the year, like going through really hard time. I'm very, I'm very proud to belong to this uh, small group of volunteers and to be able to help, even though I'm going through the same thing as they are going through right now. When someone calls LBBC, do they speak with a staff person? Uh, during intake in order for staff to be able to connect them with the right volunteer? Yes, that is exactly what happens. Um, People can either call us or they can fill out an online submission form. Um, And either way, their first step then as far as an in-person connection, a connection is with our um, support services coordinator whose role is to um, learn a little bit more about the person. uh, And as Natalia said, really get a sense of what is the most important thing to talk with a volunteer about. Uh, and, and Natalia hit on this um, already, but the, the topics that we hear the most from people across different stages are, um, of course, for emotional support um, and guidance. Uh, also wanting to talk about treatment, side effects, communication, which Natalia mentioned, whether that's the healthcare team um, or with their their family, their loved ones, their networks, and then certainly also within the emotional support, um, you know, fear of recurrence, fear of progression, um, those those really come up a lot. And so we listen to what those needs are, and then look at some of the other characteristics like stage, et cetera, and then do our best to to make a map that most closely aligns with what that person is looking for. Great. Thank you for that explanation. So, Victoria, would you talk a little bit about how the helpline at SHARE is a little bit different from, from what LVDC offers? Yes, it's, it's, it's different. So, SHARE Cancer Support is a national nonprofit. We've been in existence for over 40 years, and we started uh, over 40 years ago with exactly that, a, a telephone a few volunteers, and the first breast cancer helpline. So over the last 40 years, we've grown into, uh, I think at this point, I can't even tell you how many different helplines. So we we support women with uh, different kinds of um, female breast cancers, gynecological breast cancers, and breast cancer and uh, uh, kind of gynecological cancers and breast cancer. And we also have a dedicated Latina program and Latina helpline, as well as the Japanese helpline now. 
So um, the difference, the difference in the model that we run is is in the fact that we don't do matching. This is not how we run the helpline. And so when I first joined uh, Shares Helpline about, I guess it's about six years ago now, uh, there was no metastatic helpline. There was just the breast cancer helpline. And we have volunteers who work in shifts, three shifts a day in in breast cancer, uh, seven days a week. So anytime a person calls the helpline, a volunteer would answer right away and would talk to uh, to the person calling and uh, take the information, discuss whatever they need, and if they feel that the uh, um, the further matching is necessary, they would recommend a peer for this person. But often enough, as, as Natalia said, it's not really the specific details that are important. So, so usually the volunteer on the helpline suggests to be a peer for this uh, incoming caller and usually calls back. Uh, there is a discussion always about how often would you like to stay in touch and everybody always wants to stay keep in touch. And, uh, and then uh, either a volunteer would call this person back or a, uh, or a patient herself. Now there are some men too, call back and talk to either this particular volunteer or any other person they, uh, they would like to speak with. We also have people who are not helpline volunteers who are peers, and uh, they work exactly in the fashion that LBBC does. So a volunteer takes the information and then uh, encourages uh, a peer to get in touch with whoever called. So when I first started on the helpline, and as I said, they, we, we did not differentiate between breast cancer helpline and metastatic helpline, um, and was fine with me because I had been an early, uh, I had an early cancer diagnosis, so I could easily speak with early stage people as well as metastatic people. But there was always this dilemma when an early stage person calls and invariably asks, "So, how long have you been living with this disease?" I never lied about who I was, but I never volunteered the information, did not want to frighten them, especially the newly diagnosed. So that was a problem from the start. And quite quickly, I realized that a lot of early stage uh, volunteers don't really feel comfortable talking to metastatic patients. And the diseases are not quite the same. You know, those who were diagnosed as uh, de novo, just stage four, are treated completely different. The treatments are different than for early stage uh, cancer, and the experience is so very different. And, uh, and so it seemed clear to me that we need to separate. And uh, I was very, very lucky to have support of SHARE, and uh, they were behind me every way. They did not believe that it was possible to launch a... Um, a um, helpline in the model that we used to because we didn't think we would have enough volunteers to work uh, these uh, fairly grueling four-hour shifts. But I was very, very blessed. And I I had a lot of women who came uh, together with me and helped me start the helpline and have been running this helpline for, for a number of years now. Uh, and there is always this 
immediate problem. We, you know, we are people living with metastatic breast cancer. So our treatments change, our health changes, we burn out, we get tired. So uh, continuously having to find new volunteers is one of the biggest problems on the helpline. And I know this is not the topic of this conversation, but I can't help but think. I mean, look at us. LBBC has volunteers who are metastatic. We have volunteers who are metastatic. We all seem to serve the same purpose. So why do we need to have uh, numerous helplines? Okay, that's 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 a pet peeve of mine, so I'm going to shut up now and, and stop. <laughs> Thank you for that, uh, Victoria. Clearly, there's a need for there to be a place where people can reach out and talk to somebody immediately. Um, and I am I I remember you telling stories of people who would call over and over again because they uh, they needed that immediate person to talk to right away. Um, so, w- would you say, Victoria, that? Um, the people who are calling the helpline are, are often in some sort of crisis. Do they they need that immediate interaction? Well, there are two types. There are people who call with the just lonely people who just want to chat, and then there are people who are who have some uh, questions that they want answered. But a big, a large percentage are actually people in crisis who would like immediate attention of somebody who's living with the disease. So they always, they always surprised to find out that a person on the other end of the call is, uh, is a peer. And often, you know, it, the, the group of my volunteers is exceptional. They're all very knowledgeable and compassionate. And, and really we could, probably answer most of the questions uh, right off the bat. And very often there isn't all that much needed just to listen and, and uh, support. Stephanie, Natalia, Victoria, Abigail, thank you so much for being on the panel today. To talk about a helpline is so important and it's amazing to be able to let our listeners know that there is a helpline out there and available for them when they need support, whether it's emotional, fear of recurrence, being diagnosed metastatic, etc., that there is someone out there and you are not alone. For those listening who want to reach out to Living Beyond Breast Cancer, their toll-free number is 888-753-5222. I will also link to their website where you can fill out their online form for their helpline and someone will get back to you as well. Share also has a variety of helplines, not just for breast cancer in English and Spanish, but they also offer helplines for ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, and for caregivers as well. The number for their breast cancer helpline is 844-275-7427. They also have a national helpline. You can call 844-ASK-SHARE. That's 844-275-7427. Please be sure to tune in again next week. We are going to continue with this panel of offering support services and highlighting amazing organizations in our breast cancer community because no one organization is the same. And we really want our listeners and people at survivingbreastcancer.org and our listeners on Breast Cancer Conversations to know what is available to them. So yes, more greatness to come. Thank you again for tuning in. 
And thank you all for listening and tuning in week after week here on Breast Cancer Conversations. Please be mindful that all of our content and information is for educational purposes only and is never a substitute for medical advice. If you want to hang out again, please check out survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events where you can RSVP to our Thursday Night Thrivers weekly meetup, our Movement Monday classes, workshops, seminars, and so much more. We can also continue the dialogue online via social media. Our Instagram handle is survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, and you can follow us on Twitter at SBC underscore ORG. Until next time, keep on thriving.